Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Our sermon text for our meditation this morning is our gospel lesson, recorded for us in the Gospel of St. Luke, the 8th chapter, verses 26 through 39. To bring us back into this text, I'd like to read just a few verses for you once again, beginning at the second half of verse 37. As Jesus got into the boat and started back, the man from whom the demons had gone out begged to be with him, but Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to your home, and tell how much God has done for you. Then he went through the whole town, praising or proclaiming what Jesus had done for him. Lord, these are your words, and therefore they are your truth. We ask that you'd increase our faith through them. Amen. Dear fellow redeemed, We often downplay the powers of darkness. In our culture, in our world today, things like the devil and demons and hell have been relegated to the realm of fantasy. Maybe they make for a really good, scary movie, but they are thought to be disconnected entirely from reality. So what do we make of our lesson before us today then? For we as conservative Christians hold on to God's word as 100% true and therefore this lesson today also must be 100% true. That there was this man who was actually possessed by demons and they caused him to do all sorts of strange things. As he went around naked, as he lived among the tombs, as he had superhuman strength to break these bonds, as he was seemingly completely controlled by these demons. It's certainly frightening, isn't it, to think about these evil forces of darkness at play, that they are real. And yet we take comfort in our lesson today. As we see the one who breaks the darkness, we consider Jesus and we praise the one who breaks the darkness, rejoicing that Jesus has power over evil forces and also proclaiming what God has done for us. Yes, it is scary to think about these evil spiritual forces of darkness at play, especially to know that they are invisible forces. It seems like we have enough to worry about with the visible world around us, and yet God tells us in His Word that He actually created invisible beings, not just visible beings. Yes, God did certainly create the visible world. He created the universe and the earth and the, the trees and the animals and the people in it. But he also tells us in his word that he created invisible beings, namely angels. And those angels were created in holiness, with power to serve God and to serve God's followers, the people who will inherit God's kingdom. But the Bible also tells us what happened, that apparently sometime after the creation of the angels, a number of them joined together with a certain angel, who we now refer to as the devil or Satan, to oppose God and sinned against him. As a result, God had to cast those angels out of his presence, out of heaven and down to earth, as they would await the time when God would bring his ultimate judgment upon them and consign them to hell for all eternity. These evil spiritual forces completely oppose God. And even now they seek to go against him and try to do anything they can to oppose him since they cannot attack God directly, they desire to claim those who are God's, to take us from Him and to bring us to hell with them. 
It's certainly terrifying when we think about these evil forces of darkness, these invisible demons at play. And yet, what do we see in our lesson for today? We see Jesus' power, don't we? Even before we hear Jesus speak a word in our lesson for today, we hear what happened. That this man who is possessed by demons is led by them to fall at Jesus' feet and he declares, What have I had to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, don't torment me. And we think of many intellectuals in our world today, many free thinkers who say that they know and are completely wise in all matters. They know that God doesn't exist. They would say regarding Jesus, even if they do admit Jesus was a man, they'd say he certainly wasn't God. But what do we see concerning these demons? They confess who Jesus is. They know that Jesus is the Son of the Most High God, and they are terrified of him. That's a good thing. You know, when there's a a criminal who's not afraid of anyone or anything, they're afraid of, of something or someone That's a good thing if that someone or something is on our side, right? It's good if they're terrified of that because that means that individual or that power is greater than them. We see that in regard to Jesus, that he has power over the demons, don't we? We see it even as Jesus asks the name of the demon that's possessing the man. And he says, our name is Legion because we are many. It's important to note that a Roman legion contained over 6,000 soldiers. We aren't told exactly how many demons possessed this man, but certainly there must have been many. And yet, despite that fact, Jesus has power to cast them out. It doesn't matter if there's one or if there's thousands. Jesus shows His power here. They must obey Him. And in fact, they can't do anything that Jesus doesn't allow. Even as he casts them out, they make this request, please let us go into this herd of pigs. And they can't even do that unless Jesus allows it. Yes, we see Jesus' incredible power over those evil forces, over these demonic beings. As a result of all of this, the herders of the pigs, who had lost a likely an incredible amount of money, After all, another one of the Gospels records that there was 2,000-some pigs that went into the sea. Those pig herders go and they tell people in the countryside and people in the town about everything that had happened, about their pigs, certainly, but also about how Jesus had cast out the demon from this man. When the people come and they gather around Jesus, we hear that they are afraid. They're they're terrified. We aren't told exactly why they are terrified. Was it that they're simply scared of Jesus' power and they're worried what he's maybe going to do next? Maybe they themselves wondered if Jesus was in cahoots with the devil or other demons. However, that would be completely irrational. We think about how Jesus at one time was accused of casting out demons by the power of Beelzebub. But Jesus responded in that case, How can Satan drive out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. As Jesus certainly wasn't casting out demons by the power of the devil. That's illogical. But perhaps the people weren't merely afraid of Jesus because they are power over demons. But maybe the people themselves just rather would not have to think about it at all. 
Maybe they were focused on the financial loss that those pig herders had experienced and they were afraid that that sort of thing was going to happen to them as well if Jesus stuck around. I wonder if we here today maybe are tempted to overlook the spiritual powers of darkness. To maybe kind of fall in line with the world when explaining the bad things that people do to one another. Maybe explain them all away. Well, this person did that or this thing because of how they were raised. Because they were bullied in school. Because they were abused as a child. Because society failed them. Because they came from a broken home. We have all sorts of reasons why people do bad things. We can overlook these evil powers of darkness at play. We can overlook the devil and his demons that are leading people and tempting them to sin, to oppose God, to do what the devil wants instead of doing what God wants. Maybe we ourselves would rather not think about any of this, to not think about these evil powers of darkness that are invisible and that are at play. We'd rather be focused merely on the things that we can see and touch and feel and get back to our own means of making a living. But it's important that we pay attention to our lesson for today, to pay attention that these evil powers are real, and to pay attention to the one who has power over them, Jesus. It's been said that when Abraham Lincoln was in the midst of the Civil War, he was asked this question. He was asked if God was on his side, to which Abraham Lincoln responded, Sir, my concern is not whether God is on our side, My greatest concern is to be on God's side, for God is always right. Shouldn't that be our concern too? Shouldn't we be concerned about these evil forces of darkness at play? And shouldn't we be concerned with being on God's side? For He has the one who has power over them. It's important for us to understand that each and every one of us, at one point in our life though, we're under the power of darkness, under the power of the devil. In fact, God in His Word tells us the way that we came into this world is very much so physically alive, but spiritually dead and blind to the things of God. In fact, the Bible describes that we were under the domain of darkness. And yet, what did God do? God reached down into our darkness to rescue us from the devil's hold, his grasp on us that was bringing us, pulling us down to hell to be with him forever. God rescued us by bringing us faith in his son, Jesus Christ, through the work of the Holy Spirit, through his word and sacrament. He brought us life and light to know the gospel of salvation in him. The Apostle Paul describes this in Colossians 1 when he says, the Father rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son He loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He describes an incredible rescue, that rescue of God, who rescued us from the domain of darkness, from the devil's grip, and brought us to be on God's side, to be part of His family and beneficiaries of His work, His work of redemption for all of us. You know, the man in our lesson for today certainly realized what Jesus had done for him. He understood the grip that those demons had on him. And he understood the 
the change that had taken place, this radical change as Jesus had freed him from the power of these demons. And so what did he want to do now? He wanted to follow Jesus. He probably would have followed him to the ends of the earth because he was, was so grateful for everything that Jesus had done for him. And we might be a little perplexed how Jesus responded. Return to your home. Return to your home? Think about those occasions when Jesus called his disciples to him. He's called them to, to leave their family, to leave their home, to leave their vocations, and to follow him, and to learn from him. We might think that's what God expects of every single Christian, doesn't he? To, to leave those things and to follow him. But Jesus says to this individual, return to your home. So what gives? Was it that Jesus didn't want to be associated with this man who was formerly a demoniac? He didn't want to be associated with this cemetery dweller, this wild man? Well, that certainly couldn't be the case. After all, we think about how Jesus associated with Mary Magdalene, one of his followers who had seven demons. Think of how Jesus welcomed Matthew to come and follow him even though he was a tax collector, a known sinner. Something greater is going on here. Jesus goes on and he tells the man, return to your home and tell how much God has done for you. Jesus saw an incredible opportunity for this man. For these people that had seen him when he was possessed by these demons to see what he was like and how he had now changed as a result of Jesus' power over darkness. Jesus who had broken the darkness in him that he might be able to testify to his own family members and friends in his own community the wonders of what Jesus had done for him. God encourages us to do the same today. Yes, there are individuals that God at times calls to serve full-time in the public ministry. But for many of us, he calls us to do what he called this man to do, to return to your home and to proclaim what God has done for you. We think about the way in which the Bible describes each and every one of us but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, the people who are God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. As God has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light to proclaim everything that he has done for us. We think about the opportunities in our own homes and in our own communities. And I think sometimes we think we can only tell about Jesus by going on a mission trip halfway around the world or by, by going and being part of a canvassing effort, knocking on doors. But think about the opportunities in your own homes and in your own community, with your own family, with your own spouse, with your own kids, with your own parents, with your own neighbors and friends. How many of them don't know about Jesus? There's plenty of opportunities right there. But we also might be worried and concerned. Well, what will I say? What if they ask me a, a question and I don't know the answer to it? And how do I share the gospel? Maybe I need to go through a bunch of classes to understand a proper strategy for that. You know, if we brought those concerns to Jesus, he'd probably tell us, don't worry about those things. Don't worry about any of that. Just tell what God has done for you personally. That's all you need to know. You don't need to know everything there is to know in the Bible. You don't need to know the answer to every question. 
but simply tell others what you know. Tell them what God has done for you. It's as simple as telling them that Jesus has forgiven my sin. I know that I'm free of my guilt. I have peace with God and I know that I'm going to heaven. What might be the result of that? Our family members and friends might be encouraged to ask us more. How can that peace be mine? How can I also know what you know? How can I also be comforted? How can I also be assured of heaven? As there are tremendous opportunities that God lays before us, not in faraway lands, but in our own homes, in our own communities, to proclaim everything that God has done for us personally. Let us praise the one who breaks the darkness. Let us praise the one who breaks the darkness, especially rejoicing in his power over evil forces, his power over evil forces that he has overcome in us personally, bringing us to faith in his Son. Let us also, let us also praise the one who breaks the darkness by proclaiming what God has done for us in our own homes, and our own community. And many more might know Jesus as their Savior. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, forevermore. Amen.